Well, good evening once again, everyone, and welcome to the Westlake Village Inn. On this Tuesday night, we thank Kevin Demoff again, the COO of the Los Angeles Rams, for spending the previous hour with us. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Among the highlights, how about the fact that the Royal and Yellow will be broken out on Christmas Eve against the San Francisco 49ers? Would be nice to continue the winning streak against Seattle this week, of course. Would be nice to snap the losing streak against San Francisco. Would nice you say, to get Dave? a win, period. I, I don't care where the game is, who you have to play. It's just nice to get a victory. Um, you were close before. The last couple of weeks haven't been so. So it would be nice for the team and the fan base to uh, come back from Seattle with a W. Now, beating them up there and messing up their plans, that's just icing on the cake. That's just the gravy that comes with the mashed potatoes. So um, it is what it is. Um, you're moving on without Coach Fisher. You're, you're entering the Bones Fossil era. Uh, let's hope they play with some energy. Uh, coming up tonight on Rams All Access, we're with you for the next hour. We will go inside opponent's territory with four-down territory. Liz Matthews from 710 ESPN in Seattle will be our guest. Get, give us some Pacific Northwest flavor as the magic number for the Seahawks to clinch the NFC West is one. You may have heard it in the previous half hour. We'll talk with Mike Jordan, who has stepped in for EJ Gaines to fill the corner role opposite of Tremaine Johnson. What about Michael Thomas? Rough way for him to start last week's game against the Falcons, dropping the opening kick, filling in for Benny Cunningham. But you know what? He bounces back. He plays the rest of the game. Tremendous on punt coverage, as he has been all year. And he comes and grabs his first career professional reception. So we'll talk with him and break down the mistake and how he moves beyond it as a Ram. That's all still ahead on Rams All Access. But let's spend a minute here, DeMarco, just reacting to what we just heard from Kevin Demoff. What are kind of your high-level takeaways from the coaching search that is now underway? Well, uh, one of the things that he said um, I was kind of thinking about, and uh, we've had this conversation before, you know, since Jeff Fisher took over as the head coach of the Rams, few and far between has the team been blown out, non-competitive. One time in London to Tom Brady, uh, it just got away from him. But rarely do you see a three-game stretch like you saw. So, and then you go into what happened on Sunday versus Arizona without their main weapons, and you're down 42 nothing. So, um, look, it just tells me that ownership is looking. Ownership is involved, and they kind of felt what we felt. How do you move on after this? How do you sell this after a game like this, after a performance like this, after the weeks you just had? So, um, you know, uh, he, make, he made a great point. I mean, moving on um, and being able to talk about the future is, is almost better than talking about the current state of the team with Jeff Fisher as the head coach and all these, uh, all the, what do you call that, um, uh, the uncertainty for the future. It was starting to filter down, and I think that's the way the players were starting to play. This week's Rams All-Access Twitter poll, a similar question to that I posed to Kevin Demoff. On our limited scale of one to fourth, one being the most desirable and four being the least desirable, how desirable do you perceive the Rams head coaching job to be? Nearly 50% rated it a one, another 30% say a two. There's a lot to like here in Los Angeles, both in terms of where we live and the stadium that's being built, but also the roster. How much reconstruction do you think it will need eventually? It depends on what type of guy you hire. Um, If it's a, I hate to say it, defensive-minded coach, and he's a three guy, probably be pretty happy um if it's an offensive guy i'm curious i'd like to know what he thinks um a fresh pair of eyes on the offense what does he think of jared goff what does he think of todd Gurley? what does he think of the old line uh that's in front of him i still think there's some good pieces um use right coach properly i've seen what todd Gurley can do with the same offensive line um it's just funny how guys forgot how to block and he forgot how to run inside of a year so maybe a fresh opinion is needed there so we'll see I think there's talent here. 
uh, on this roster, enough talent to, like he said, if you win out, to be 5-1 and one in a tough NFC West. So if you can take care of your own division plus everything else that comes along with it, beat the Buffaloes, you beat the Carolinas when they're down, uh, you beat New York in London, um, who knows where this football team could be right now. So there's a lot of talent here. It just depends on who you bring in. You've been through a few of these as a player. I want, you to, I want to ask you about that experience in just a moment. But I also just realized we haven't done audibles in a couple of weeks here oh, at yeah. the Westlake Village. And we have a tremendous crowd here in attendance. And we appreciate them showing up on a chilly Tuesday night. So I'm just going to audible myself. I'm going to pass a notebook around. And we're going to ask for questions for DeMarco Farr. And we'll answer those in an upcoming segment. All right? We'll spend a question with fan All questions right. for DeMarco. Are that cool with you? Sure. No diet questions, though. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> none of that. Up. No, that's messed <laughs> up. Uh, so back to my question, which is having been through interim coaches, coaching changes as a player, collegiately and professionally, what is this moment like to be wearing a helmet? It's, it's brutal. Um, it, it's tough because, look, uh, you know, teams are family. And, you know, Jeff Fisher is a part of your family. And your head coach is a part of your family. And when he's let go – um, you feel it, and you feel like it's your fault. And for the most part, you're right, because, you know, when you look at the stat column, Jeff Fisher hadn't thrown a pass. He hadn't dropped one either. You know, he had made a mistake or a penalty. It's all been the players, but he gets fired and you stay. So it's going to get in your kitchen a little bit. So to finish out the year without your coach, you're going to have to find the love of the game. Going into the off season, and when they bring in the new guy, it's painful, man. You're going to have to earn it all over again. Whatever credit you had built up with – the coach that just got fired, you're going to have to start again with the new guy. And if you're a veteran guy, that's painful, man. I mean, you could really shorten your career. I woke up this morning. I went through the 53-man roster for the Rams. I wanted to know how many players had started a game, had played an NFL contest for a head coach not named Jeff Fisher. Ten. Ten out of 53 don't know what it's like to play in the NFL for a not named Jeff. And this is not to say that Jeff didn't develop talent as well as he could ever, as well as these players could have been developed. But aren't you intrigued to see what a new voice, a new staff might do with the existing roster? Because they don't know what they're capable of with another outside influence, perhaps. Of course. I mean, you're going to be sad and you're going to be down. But when you hear the next message, it might be something you pick up on and right. takes your game to a whole new level. But what usually happens is the new coach comes in and he systematically gets rid of the other guys guys well that's the entire team you can't do that right so i mean like you that's said, the point it's not all 53 are going to be back naturally whether right. jeff stayed or when there's yeah. going to be some turnover but i mean look uh big shoes to fill big shoes to fill as far as a player's coach but like you said that new guy that new message uh he's going to have a new focus for the football team. it was nice for me to hear what kevin pointed out with the conditional picks that the rams might be getting back for the performance of janoris jenkins for instance and the uh, potential money there for free agency. If there is some reconstruction that needs to be done, one of the thoughts that I had, well, with respect to how appealing is the job, is a new coach is going to come in and say, wait a second, there's no first-round draft pick here. How right. do I get this underway without being atop the board? Kaching, pay for the guy. You know, you have Jared Goff. Let's assume he's going to be Matt Ryan, right? We, we see that. We see the. I like that assumption. Me too. I love that. So where would you spend that first pick on anyway, that first-rounder? Me? Yeah, go ahead. It kind of put me on the spot here. I'm sorry. There are a few needs. Well, I mean, you would probably target a what? Offensive lineman. And second choice would be? I think you're going to need another wave of linebackers, but maybe a defensive back, cover corner. Or depending receiver. On whether, or not you tar- whether or not you tag true, right? Yeah, yeah. And I- then, yeah. 
I mean, there there are more needs than picks, right? There are more needs than picks, but you can throw money at some of those needs, and I mean, you can like uh, when John Gruden took over for Tampa. Uh, you know, he brought in uh, Michael Pittman to run the ball. Uh, Roman Open was was a a, a a fill player that played pretty well for them. So they fixed the spots they needed to fix on offense, and they won the Super Bowl. So I think the same thing could happen here. And free agency precedes the draft, right? Yes. So depending on what you do or do not land in free agency, could dictate your draft board Correct. a couple of weeks later. All right, we'll take our first break here. This is Rams All Access on a Tuesday night. Two hours of programming, dealing with the Rams, their coaching change, and the trip to Seattle. It's week 15, and we're talking about it next with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long on ESPN LA 710. Gunner on yes. the punt coverage team, he's a big reason why they're the best in the business. Um, that play, I didn't want to kind of just typify his season yeah. or, or live, leave that lingering. So I, I spoke with him after practice today. Yes, we talked about the mistake, and here's what he was thinking, and then let's get beyond it. Just extremely excited, uh, anxious, ready to take one to the house, and looking at the ball, eyeing it, and it's just my, I don't know what happened after that. I just lost, I don't know, I, I ain't looking in too much. Um, I didn't look it in closely, and it just got away from me. It was just, it was so, I, don't, that I, I couldn't explain that I just had to shake it off and keep playing for 59 more minutes. I was going to say, because you're only 10 seconds in, you're down 7 yeah. nothing, and you've got a major role to play. How did you put that behind you? Did anyone help kind of oh, yeah. pat you on the back oh, and yeah. pick you oh, up? Oh, yeah. Um, one thing about the team, this team is great. Uh, yeah. The coaches is great. Um, they all came around me, um, spoke some great positive things in me, mm-hmm. saying it happens. Uh, everybody messed up, and you're not the only one that did it before, so just keep going it's a lot of it's a lot of game left and try to try to forget it yeah one of the reasons i want to talk to you tonight is because of the great work you have done on teams covering punts and you know johnny hecker's getting all the accolades and rightly so but you guys are down there you and bradley covering those punts and and putting together the best punt unit on the field how proud are you of that group oh i'm very proud um i'm blessed enough to be on this group uh to to be helping johnny uh achieve his goal so i'm just thankful man continue to work and bring it every day and work hard as I can and bring it out on game day. Of course, mistakes going to happen. Stuff is going to happen. You just got to keep moving forward, move through adversity and keep playing. Yeah, my class thing, obviously you work day in and day out with Coach Bones. Mm-hmm. He's getting his chance as an interim head coach for these final three games. Uh, what's that like for you as someone who spends so much time with him in practice every week? Um, I feel like it's no difference. Uh, to me, he's more... Uh, He's that head coach guy. Uh, he's the head of coach of the uh, special team. So it still it still is a lot of energy in him. Um, of course, we had sad news yesterday. Um, but how he came about it is continue to work, continue to stay energized, and keep bringing it. Um, we, we're just going to do it with Coach Fisher. All right, Mike, I know you're not going to let that one mistake define you. And uh, good job putting behind you, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Thank you. Good job you, man, for interviewing him. I mean, I'm glad you said that, not uh, – don't let one play define you because that's exactly what people are going to do. But noticed him day one preseason. I mean, on kickoffs, even on down to kickoffs, he was always first down. I mean, on, on the kickoff unit, he's always leading the group down. I mean, the guy is willing. Uh, he's going to be a tremendous special teams player. He already is. So once he starts adding offense to his game, I mean, look, he's going to be a good pro. He already is. Couple more notes from practice today. Uh, Corey Harkey hits IR, the tight end slash fullback, uh, unable to go the rest of the way, so they'll get his roster spot. They promote promote Troy Hill, uh, who was released, then re-signed to the practice squad after his unfortunate off-field mistake. He has earned his way back onto the team. 
could give the secondary a boost as they go to Seattle on a short week. Yeah, you know, Michael, uh, Mike Jordan, um, I love his body type, and I think he, he played pretty well on, you know, on short notice. Um, but there's nothing like having true experience at corner. And the one thing you can say about Troy Hill is he was in there, he had experience, and he started to play well. So uh, it's unfortunate what happened. I, I'm glad no one was hurt. I'm glad he wasn't hurt. Um, but going back to the practice squad and then earning your way back onto the roster, I mean, I, I think you have to commend him for that. But you'd like it to where you never have to do that again or something like that. But the fact that he made it back is, 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 a, is a plus. It was my lifelong goal to interview Mike Jordan, and I did so. Uh, not the Mike Jordan I was envisioning, but it was still a great interview, and we'll talk to not him. Space Jam, Mike? Not, not oh, Space Jam, Not that one? Not, okay. not released a new pair of kicks oh. this week. But... Um, <laughs> But we'll, we'll speak with him. And uh, one other personnel note, Cody Davis, we expect to make the start at safety, right, because of uh, the injury to Mo Alexander last Sunday. You know, it's a shame. Uh, hell of a hit by Mo Alexander. I mean, it was a collision, and he went face down, and it was scary. I was, we were all happy when we saw him moving. Um, but you replace him with one of the fastest guys in the NFL, in, in Cody Davis. So, I mean, look, it speaks to the depth of the defense. So, uh, you're not really going to miss a beat there at safety. Cody is reputed as the fastest player on the team. We'll see if he can you know, cover, chase, hit, tackle, all those sorts of things. How about be intercept? His, his most extensive <laughs> playing time. But, hey, you're not going to get any sympathy from Seattle, right, given what they're dealing with with Earl Thomas. Uh, the vibe that I get up there in Seattle is that, yes, they're going to make the playoffs. They'll likely clinch the division eventually. Uh, but their Super Bowl hopes have taken a major, major hit. Oh, big time. And, I mean, look, they, they have a 2016 season they have to worry about. But remember, the last time the Rams were there, they beat Seattle. And I can remember them walking off the field slow, slowly, and turning around and looking back at the Rams saying, I can't believe they beat us. Like, I wish we can line up again and play them now. Uh, so, like you said, they're, they don't care. They don't care about Jeff Fisher being fired. Uh, they're probably already smiling right now. Um, they want get back. It's been a battle between these two teams, and there's no love lost. So they are going, they're going to try to bury you and end you. Uh, that's the way it is. Pete Carroll with an interim coach on the other side is going to try to bury him. So that's the best thing about a short week. You have to strap it back up and play again quickly. You, you have less time to think about what just happened. I was watching a Thursday night game about a month ago now, and Chris Collinsworth made a point that there was a play that was run, and these are division games, right? But they're played yeah. on a short week, so you don't get the game plan as much as you would like. He said that the extra hours, whether they be Thursday or Friday or before walkthrough on Saturday, that's where wrinkles are drawn up and implemented for these eventual Thursday division games, that you keep special plays maybe and work on them in your back pocket in those kind of intervening times when you're not preparing for week 7, 8, 9, 10 along the way. How tough is it to get a game plan together? How much is it versus just like pure physical recovery to play on Thursday night? Well, for me, it's all physical. Um, there's going to be some new stuff you throw in that you're – not going to have a lot of time to rep or run. You're going to have to trust your offense and defense to be able to pick it up. But you're going to throw something at them that they haven't seen and vice versa. Um, the thing I do worry about or wonder about is, you know, Jeff Fisher was the head coach, so every idea ran through him. And every time there's an idea of a fake, it came from Bones Fossil. And sometimes it stopped with. So coach the restrictor Fisher. plates are completely off. Well, now. he's head coach now. I'm just saying, you never know. Just saying, you might actually see Johnny Hecker throw a few passes this time. You never know. So I, I, I would bet at this point, um, when the season, the playoffs, the postseason is pretty much all but done, and you're you've got three games left to play, why not pull out all the stops and see if you can just 
excite the crowd. Why not? Los Angeles under new leadership, about to take a second lap through the NFC West. They begin against the Seahawks, who they defeated at home in Week 2, but Seattle is undefeated in the Pacific Northwest, and they've got a magic number of one to clinch the West. That's the story as we head to Seattle on a Thursday. We'll break here and continue. We'll have a conversation with Liz Matthews of 710 ESPN Seattle to get the opponent's take later on on Rams All Access. I told the guys just real quick after practice, I said, you know, um, if you love ball, you love Coach Fisher, that's got to be enough to get us through these next three weeks. You know, we got a job. We're all, all our jobs are on the line. And you love ball, you love Coach Fisher, that's got to get us through. You know, and if that's not good enough, then, then we shouldn't be out here. Well, if you can't get on board with John Fossil, that's a you problem. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited to see what kind of life he can breathe into the Rams for this final trip through the NFC West. You know, uh, look, it, before he even opens his mouth, I mean, the guy just exudes energy. You see him before games. You see him during games. He's always moving around, and he seems like he's always working on this game, working on being a better special teams coach, getting the special teams to be to play better. And that's hard to do when you're one of the best special teams out there. So you hope that filters down and out to the other positions, like uh, defensive line, offensive line, linebackers, and running backs, things that people that don't usually go on the field when, when Bones Fossil is, is coaching. So, hey, look, you're, you're going to need everybody, and I'm glad he said that. I mean, to go up into to Seattle, even with Jeff Fisher, even if you're winning, is going to be tough enough. Now you're going with a new head coach. Look, you're going to need everybody. To, to be in this game. More player reaction to the coaching change coming right out of the locker room, coming up here on Rams All Access. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. You know, normally on the previous Jeff Fisher shows, we've done a segment we call Audibles. It's the direct line at ESPN Los Angeles on social media to ask the coach a head question. Well, the coach a head question? Where am I? The head coach a question. That's I was with you. the proper order. Uh, but since we don't have a head coach, I thought, right. let's make DeMarco sit in the hot seat and Bring answer it. some of the questions from our audience gathered here at the Westlake Village Inn. Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, number one. What do you tell a young rookie quarterback like Jared Goff after you fire his head coach, the coach that drafted him? What's the right approach for Jared Goff? Well, the first thing I tell him is to slide. <laughs> when you run, make sure you slide. That's number one. You don't want any more, like, zone read? I don't like Helicoptering between no, two Falcons I don't like seeing him, get, okay. him getting hit uh, running the football or in the pocket or anything like that. But, hey, look, uh, you, you tell him um, the time is now. Uh, you know, look, this, this is the NFL. You stay in this game long enough, things like this are going to happen. So uh, you're getting a pretty big lesson your rookie year. So, you know, suck it up. Become a leader. Um, they're looking to you, believe it or not. I know you might be swimming right now and you have – that deer in headlights look, uh, headlights look, but you are the quarterback of this football team, so they are looking to you for leadership, so be that guy. Another question from our audience. What are your thoughts on Stanford head coach David Shaw? Would he be interested in a professional opportunity with Los Angeles? I love David Shaw as a head coach. Uh, played for his dad, Willie Shaw. Was our defensive coordinator in St. Louis. Great guy. Met David Shaw then. Um, I think he might be happy on the farm in Stanford, but if he's interested... That's the guy you need to go see first, in my opinion. I mean, above all others, I would go see him first if he's interested. What's the most outlandish one you've heard so far in 24 hours now? The most outlandish one? Um, you know, they haven't been too crazy. I heard somebody mention Mike Martz. Um, I, I think that ship has sailed. Um, I heard Bill Cower. I heard uh, Brian Billick. Uh, John Gruden came up a lot. Harbaugh comes up a lot. 
Uh, I think the craziest one, and it's no disrespect because he has a job and he's in your division, was Pete Carroll. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Real, do you think he might actually switch teams? I mean, if he's interested, I'd go talk. But the chances of that, slim. That's, that's, that's weird. He was asked right off the bat on the conference call today with our media. Yeah. They have a weekly call with the opposing coach, you know, Thoughts on this? Would you like to comment on this? No. Would you like to be ruled out of consideration? Yes. <laughs> That's, <where his> two <laughs> That's answers. funny. But wow. what else is he going to say? Right, right, what, right. What else is he well, going to say? Well, you helped get the guy fired. Well, not really. I mean, you beat Seattle. Well, beat Seattle. You he, tried to get him fired, and then you did, and then you won his job. That doesn't make sense. If you go beat him for a fourth consecutive time, would you turn around and then hire him as your head coach? Well, if he's interested. Okay. <laughs> uh, another coaching question here. Who's available to be the new offensive coordinator looking down the road? How do the names Norv Turner or Kurt Warner strike you? Well, definitely one I would want right now, hands down, because Norv's right around the corner. And, look, he's a proven offensive coordinator. Look, I'd want Kurt Warner on my staff. Uh, I would love for him to work his way up to being an offensive coordinator. But quarterback coach? Absolutely. Yes, sir, please. Um, That phone call should have been made already. I said that Jackie Slater should have been here a long time ago to help Greg Robinson. You've got Hall of Fame guys here why not bring them to your football team it can only help there's another name kind of in your football past that you like as a quarterback whisperer remember telling me about jeff garcia oh you know and what he brings to the table uh a couple of seasons ago and this is no let dis- me clarify here we're yeah. not putting anyone's job up no, for no, auction no. we're just talking about people that you respect in the business go ahead big time love jeff garcia but just watching him warm they had him with the receivers this is when uh chris winky took over as quarterback coach but jeff garcia was here and they had him working with receivers but he would always work out pre-game, like Bones does, but he would do quarterback drills, and you would watch him and go, that's the best quarterback on the roster, and he's coaching. So, look, um, another a guy with a wealth of knowledge that can help a young quarterback trying to make his bones. We're audibling into audibles here, this segment where we normally ask Coach Jeff Fisher questions from the audience. These are directly from you. We're using DeMarco Farr as our target. Last one here. First two picks in the draft. We know the Rams don't have a first-round pick, but how would you feel if the Rams were to land Washington wide receiver John Ross, that one's close to your heart, and Chad Wheeler from USC. Well, I mean, I take the Husky. I'm just saying. I think you already have John Ross on the roster. Of course I do. In, I've in got ta- a few more Huskies, no, but I mean, too. No, but in Tavon, you pretty much already have John Ross. But he's not roster. a Husky. See, he's a Mountaineer. If you bring a Husky I'm on board, it's a little bit different. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking for skill position, guys. You know, um, you see what the Rams are up against and some of the receivers that you have to play against, and you say it's either the quarterback or the receiver, and you're saying, I wish I had one of those. So I think you're going to have a quarterback in Jared Goff. We need more time to know, but he's here. What you don't have is the complimentary receiver that's young enough to grow with him. So I would look out for one of those guys. Thanks for playing along, Diaz. You're welcome. As always, we'll call that audibles here. And nice. The Rams All-Access Program, two straight hours of Rams talk as we get set for the Seahawks on a Thursday night. We'll take a break here. Still to come, we'll talk with Mike Jordan in the Rams secondary from the Rams locker room. And also Liz Matthews is our guest next from 710 ESPN Seattle as we go four-down territory in opponent's territory next on ESPN LA. Welcome back to the Westlake Village in DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long with Rams All Access Tuesday night edition with a Thursday night contest against the Seattle Seahawks coming. Let's go four down territory. And we go to 710 ESPN in Seattle, our affiliate in the Pacific Northwest, and we check in with Liz Matthew, covered Hawk. Liz, good evening. Thanks for being with us. Well, hey, how are you doing? I uh, want to start off by saying I agree with Richard Sherman. I do not like these short weeks. I also uh, agree at the poop fest. 
<laughs> well, Richard doesn't dislike him enough not to play on Thursday, does he? <laughs> Richard Sherman, like everybody else, is going to show up and do, do his job on Thursday. He's just definitely not a fan of these shortened schedules. Well, hey, uh, one outing without Earl Thomas, and it didn't look very good in Green Bay. Granted, he wasn't the one throwing the interceptions, but how are they regrouping without one of the all-time greats back there? Yeah, you know what, guys? It's going to be tough. They, they added Stephen Terrell. You've seen he, he's been in there for Earl the last couple of games. Uh, granted, he himself didn't have a lot of targets thrown his way, so certainly the Green Bay loss is not on him, but he has some big shoes to fill, and you know he's going to do everything he can do to really take advantage of this opportunity. Hey, how would you assess Russell Wilson's performance in Green Bay? I know you can look at it and say five picks. We had a few picks here uh, versus Atlanta, and some of those weren't on the quarterback. How many of those would you put on Russell Wilson? You know, definitely there are two of those. The deflections certainly were not on Russell, but if you sort of look at some of the offensive stats, it's crazy. Uh, you know, the Seahawks had uh, uh, more uh, off- uh, net offensive yards than Green Bay did. They had more first downs. They had a better third down efficiency conversion rate. So just looking at some of those stats, you never would have guessed that they just got absolutely destroyed on Sunday. But Russell Wilson certainly has never had a game like that, and I really doubt he'll have another one going forward anytime soon. Liz Matthews, our guest. She works for 710 ESPN in Seattle, previewing the Rams and the Seahawks. I saw that Seattle added Kelvin Taylor, uh, son of Fred, to the backfield today. Uh, Thomas Rawls has been carrying the load with C.J. Procise out, and Kristen Michael now playing for the Packers. What's the story in the running game for Seattle? Absolutely. They needed to add Kelvin. He was a kid who was actually drafted this year by the San Francisco 49ers. He'd been spent uh, last week or two on the Seahawks practice squad before being released. They re-signed him today. It was funny, I had a chat with him in the locker room. I asked whether or not he ran like his dad did. He said, well, I do, but maybe better. So uh, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. But, you know, Taylor comes in. He has some depth, much-needed depth. There's only Thomas Rawls and Alex Collins. So the Seahawks usually start these games as at least three tailbacks on the roster. But in the running back position, it's been pretty thin here in Seattle. You know, I haven't really checked up on Earl Thomas, but last time I heard uh, it was right after the injury, and he said he was thinking about retirement. Has he backed off that statement? No. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, and probably as you guys know, we don't really have any access to Earl Thomas. In fact, we're not really allowed or supposed to talk, be talking to any of the injured guys, but he sort of kept things mum. But I do know a number of weeks ago when he missed that first game, his first career NFL miss, he actually went down with his family reportedly to Portland, which is, you know, maybe two and a half, three hours away from here. said he watched the game with his family at Buffalo Wild Wings in Portland because they just had to get away. Wow. Liz Matthews, final question. Uh, Pete Carroll was asked if he had any interest in the Rams job today or if he would like to be crossed off the list of consideration. He said, yeah, go ahead and take me off that list. What did he really mean? Hey, man, I know we were looking so forward to that transcript because it was the L.A. reporters who got to get after him. We actually have head coach Pete Carroll tomorrow, so me and the rest of the Seattle crew will be asking our questions. But you know how Pete Carroll is. Pete Carroll is the eternal optimist, but he certainly isn't going to discuss anything like this uh, on a short week and during a game week. And you know, was that, His answer was pretty adamant. He, I, I, he was basically asked in the negative whether or not it was a possibility, whether or not it was not a possibility, and he said yes. So, um, you know, I think that he's sort of uh, raised and dismissed, but I don't think Pete Carroll is going to give us even a nugget tomorrow on that topic. Of course. What else can he say? Thank you, Liz. We appreciate you, and we'll see you on Thursday night. You got it. Enjoy the game. Well, it's an interesting dynamic right now in Seattle because they're on the verge of clinching the NFC West, but I think the fan base's expectations 
have probably been minimized given the injury in their secondary and what they're dealing with in the backfield right now offensively as well. Yeah, I know a lot of Seahawks fans out here, and I, I said good luck to you guys in Green Bay, and they looked me right in the eye and said don't need it. Uh, saw the same people on Monday, and they were absolutely devastated. So, yeah, it's been a roller coaster time for them. Um, they actually had designs on competing for a Super Bowl, but, I mean, when you lose a guy like Earl Thomas, to me, is the glue of the football team, not just the defense, but the football team, and you lose that leadership, it's going to hurt you at some point. Now, I don't think that factored into the way Russell Wilson played at all, but, I mean, some of those distractions and not having that vocal leader in the locker room is going to affect him at some point. Speaking of the locker room, there was a lot of emotion on Monday when the coaching change was made. Many of these players, including Mike Jordan, have never played for a professional coach other than Jeff Fisher, so their world has been turned upside down a little bit. It's been an interesting couple of weeks for Jordan stepping in for E.J. Gaines in New England, making his first appearance against Tom Brady, and that's where we pick up the conversation with Mike. Take us back a couple of, a couple of weeks ago when you kind of get the promotion, you get a chance to to play in your first NFL game with the Los Angeles Rams in New England. What was that moment like for you? Uh, first, early on, it was kind of surreal. You know, just getting that opportunity and just happened to be against one of the greatest in Tom Brady and the Patriots. So it was definitely it was a it was a good feel. I mean, the way I got thrown into there, it wasn't really a big problem because I mean, I didn't even have time to get nervous or anything like that. It was just like just go out there and just play. So my. Uh, the, the guys around me, TJ, Mo, True, EJ, they all helped me, like, you know, just making sure they over-communicate and just, just helping me out. And I, I really appreciate them for that. And it goes a lot to say about them, the kind of guys that they are. As a defensive back, I think your mentality always has to be the ball's coming my way, right? Yeah. But as the, the newest and youngest member of that secondary going against Tom Brady, you had to think he's coming right at me, didn't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I knew um, I was going to get targeted pretty much every player, so either with the run or the pass. So it was just, I just knew I had to be ready. Mm -hmm. Same thing against Atlanta in that first play? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure, man. It was just, I don't know, it was one of those... I kind of, I, I felt it was coming my way, but, you know, it was just one of those things I didn't really overplay it, you know, but like I said, I, I'm expecting heavy targets throughout, so, I mean, it is what it is. I just got to prepare myself. Mike, what are you learning week by week? You know, it's one thing to have practice film or preseason tape to go off of, but to actually have real live NFL reps. What are you learning? Uh, one, just remain confident. Remain confident in everything you do and just, just trust the game plan, you know, and you just got to focus. You got to prepare like a pro first season and you have to deal with a, a coaching change you're just kind of looking around the room and you're seeing the swarms of cameras and microphones now as am i what's the mood around here what's the reaction uh it's it's a lot of sad faces around here because i mean you know he's a player's coach and, and we all loved him and you know he definitely made sure he took care of us so i mean it's a lot it's it's sad but we we understand you know that it is a business so we just gotta we gotta fight through it we gotta keep playing how about the promotion of Coach Fossil and what it means to have uh, the special teams coordinator stepping up and taking the reins for the final three games? Um, it's definitely, uh, I think that's a, a great idea because he is definitely a fantastic coach, very in-depth and hands-on. So I think I, I think Coach Fossil will definitely be a, a good addition, at least for the interim position. Yeah, has his hands in a lot of different buckets, right? Offense, defense, rookies, veterans. I mean, they all kind of participate on teams. So he has a lot of relationships in this locker room, I imagine. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he knows his one of his strongest suits is communication. He knows how to communicate and get exactly what he's trying to say out and portray it to you in a way that will help you on the field. So, 
he'll, he'll definitely be a, a good guy for the position. All right, Mike, you got Tom Brady, and then you got Matt Ryan, and next up, Russell Wilson. It's quite a welcome to the NFL. Good luck to you. Oh, yeah, I know, man. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. It is what it is. Mike Jordan there, who will likely start opposite Tremaine Johnson at corner against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on Thursday night. Uh, DeMarco, a nice reminder, I thought I found that there are men and women and families involved in this turnover, and they're significantly impacted when an organization makes a difficult choice like this. Oh, yeah, you have to worry about the staff um, because every head coach that comes in wants to bring his own guys, and you don't know who those guys are. could be equipment. It, it could be a trainer. It could be a strength coach here or there. Um, so everyone's put on notice when you, when you lose your head coach, the, the top of your organization. So uh, it's sad all the way around. I tell people all the time, when you're praying a guy gets fired, remember, it's not just him. It's everyone else that works for him, too. All right. Coach Fossil, it is for the final three games and a trip through the NFC West. Two and one the first time through. Can they win two or more? The second time through, we'll discuss in our final segment of Rams All Access live from the Westlake Village Inn on a Tuesday night in our Reeds Furniture Recliner Lounge. I don't think a team needs to be saved. Team needs to just rise up, take some responsibility, you know, for the, for what happened because we don't. None of us think that you know it's Coach Fisher's fault. We all just take some responsibility and um, we got to do better. We got to win. It's, that's what that's that's what happened. Is we just didn't win enough games. You know, and I'm part of that. So I have a responsibility to, to be better. Hey, Coach John Fossil getting set to make his interim head coaching debut. He's done great work with the Rams and the Oakland Raiders previously on special teams. What an opportunity for this 42-year-old. Oh, big time. Uh, very, very humble. Like you said, um, you didn't win enough games. That's why he's the head coach now and Jeff Fisher is not. But, I mean – Reality is, without his special teams unit, you might be winless right now. Uh, the games that you won, Johnny Hecker and your special teams unit is all over those. Uh, the times when you almost won, your special teams kept it close or flipped field position. So uh, if you can get that same sort of excellence out of offense and defense, I mean, you have a good chance of winning in Seattle. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, final segment of Rams All Access. Don't miss Reed's Furniture's Christmas Warehouse Cleanout Sale. It's a perfect way to comfortably kick off the holiday with 20 to 50% off the entire store. Shop, stop by Reed's Furniture in Agora Hills today. From our Reed's Furniture Recliner Lounge and live from the Westlake Village Inn, D and J.B., you know, before Sunday, put together a quick Christmas wish list. Yeah. At that, it was like the final quarter of the season at that point. I found nine things that I thought would be worthwhile goals for the Rams going into the Final Four. One's been already crossed off, but can I run the other ones by you? Lay them on me. So one thought was win out at home, finish four at three at the Coliseum. I thought that was important coming back to Los Angeles. Obviously, it didn't happen against the Falcons. Um, So back to the top of the list. Get Jared Goff in the win column as a starter. That would be great. You don't want him digging a hole, digging out of a hole in 2017. No, just for him to get the feeling of victory, I am right there with you. All right, so now number two, win at least two of your three division games because that would put you at four and two or better in the NFC West. For the second year in a row, you could say, we played our division as well or better than anyone. Isn't it a shame to where if you where you can win your division and not make, and the, not make the playoffs? I know, wouldn't it's it bittersweet, nice? isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if, you, if, if it was only determined by, by your, your division? I mean, the Rams would be in, what, two years in a row? Yeah. Those nine games in between the division yeah. opponents uh, were not friendly to Los Angeles. Here's another one, 100-yard rushing effort. For Todd Gurley. I'd love to see it. You don't want him wearing that through the offseason. No, I, you know what I'd love to see it? On like 15 carries or fewer. 
That means he's breaking long runs. Breaking one, which I he's not love, been able to do. His yes. long is still 24 yards this season. Yeah, I don't want to see 33 carries for just over 100. I want to see some explosiveness out of that run game, him in particular. Yeah, last week's carry receptions, 83 total yards and a touchdown for Todd Gurley, his fifth rushing touchdown. Only has one 80-yard rushing performance. That was at Tampa Bay. All right, back to my list. It's, it's hokey, but... 1,000-yard receiving season for Kenny Britt. He's having a career year. He's at 937. It'd be nice to see him get there, maybe get his first Pro Bowl. It'd be nice just for the stat column. I mean, for Kenny Britt, it'd be great. But for the Rams, it would be awesome to have a 1,000-yard receiver. At least you're in the mix as far as the modern-day NFL. Remember when that happened? 2007, Holt with 1,000 yards receiving for the Rams franchise. This might be more towards the future, whereas it'd be a nice accolade for Kenny. I'm more curious to see would like to see a receiving touchdown by a rookie, right? You spent a lot of draft equity in Farrow Cooper Bigby, even to Mike Thomas who we heard from earlier in the show have one of those guys haul one in, man get in the end zone. Only four Rams players have caught a touchdown this year, have caught I, a touchdown I thought Tyler Higby would have played a bigger role in this offense Me this too. year I mean, for whatever reason it has not happened. I still, if if I were a betting man, I would say it would be him to catch the First touchdown as a rookie. Final couple of uh, bullet points on my Christmas wish list for the final few games for Los Angeles. How about an interception for a cornerback not named Tremaine Johnson? You know, I was thinking when we were listening to your interview with, with Mike Jordan that he's probably going to get one. Probably to get one. Probably on Thursday because every quarterback is coming after him at some point. Sheer volume play? Yes, he's going to step in front of one. Career-high five interceptions for Russell Wilson in the loss at Green Bay Sunday. Eight in his last three games. I like hearing that. I like hearing that about Russell Wilson. I mean, look, I, I still think he's tremendous. Uh, easily the, the best quarterback in the division. Let me go through that. Yes, easily the best quarterback in the division, but they all go through cold streaks, so maybe he's still on one. I'm glad you mentioned that. We didn't get a chance to talk about it with Kevin, but when you're interviewing a new head coach, right, my pitch is the NFC West could be imminently winnable next year, right? I mean, yeah. aging Seattle, grease fire in San Francisco – and then Arizona, they're, they're going to have a new quarterback. Yes. Um, a lot of different pieces across the board there. Maybe in a new head coach. Who knows what Arian's doing yeah. right now, health-wise and otherwise. So um, you're not catching the NFC West at a bad time necessarily. No, I wouldn't say it's wide open, but it's no, no, more no. wide open than it's ever yeah. been. Yeah, it, It's not as daunting as we thought going into this season yes. with Seattle and Arizona, maybe Super Bowl contenders, we, we said during the summer, right? Yep, I agree. Uh, last one on my Christmas wish list. How about a kick or punt return for a touchdown? Oh, you know, I've been real close. I take both. <laughs> I would take both. <laughs> you know what? I mean, look, if it's if it's not going to be Benny Cunningham, it might be Mike Thomas again. So that kid's got some otherworldly speed. If he receives the kick, doesn't fumble it, who knows what could happen. So maybe you'll get your wish. The other one was Johnny Hecker breaking the NFL record for punts down inside the 20. He already tied it. He'll break it, I'm sure, on Thursday night because that's what Johnny does. And his guy, the special teams coordinator, John Fossil, will be the interim head coach. He makes his debut against the Seahawks in Seattle. Two hours went quickly. Thank you, D. Quick. Appreciate yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, JB. Appreciate Kevin Demoff, yes. the executive EP and COO of the Rams, coming by to talk coaching search and the final three games ahead for your Los Angeles Rams. We will talk to you, what, 2.25 in the afternoon? That's right. Starting on Thursday? I'm not sure we'll even be at the stadium by then. <laughs> but Travis Rogers and company will have you covered, and we look forward to speaking with you then. And we look forward to getting back in the wind calm. Let's do it here before the year is out.